Today on the No City on the Sideline Dad podcast, episode number six zero. I want to pawn you to ponder on something. And this is something that my guests mentioned to me during the interview. Hard choices, easy life. Easy choices, hard life. We explore that and about men's health, communication, relationship, divorce, and being a dad. Next with my guest, Coach Arnie. Let's do this. Welcome to the No Sitting on the Sideline Dad podcast, a podcast about a journey of discovery and conversations about not sitting on the sideline of life. Let's get involved. Here's host Joe Foley. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, my name is Joe, and I want to really thank you for being here. Hey, this first time, welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Podcast about a journey of discovery. What I mean is, I'm on a journey of discovery trying to figure out this thing in life. Because you know what? Nobody really teaches you. You got to figure this. Sometimes you can figure this stuff for yourself. What it means to be a dad, mom, and a better version of ourselves. I join talking with people who have stories to share to help me a better person and helps you to be a better person. <laughs> really, seriously. People like mindfulness, sugar addiction, you know, helps us to be a better person. You know what? I don't have the answers, but somebody else might have the answers. And we try to have a discussion every time, every podcast about different topics. I'm not an expert. I'm just like you. Seriously. Just like you trying to figure this stuff out one day at a time. Hey, um, before we get into the interview, I just want to thank you really very, very much for listening to the podcast of the year and wish you and your family, no matter where part of the world, where you live, whatever the holiday is, the holiday season. So it could be anything that has to do with Christmas or some version of it. I want to wish you and your family happy and safe holiday and a happy new year and a bright 2019. Next, I have my interview with Coach Arnie. Arnie's been helping people over 40 years. He's been an ultramarathon, he's an ultramarathon runner, a dad, husband. He's faced different challenges and triumphs and brings those things into helping people through his counseling, through his mentorship, through relation counseling. Things we talk about today, and these are important topics too. How important communication in relationships. Yes, make a relationship better or it can make it worse. Coaching how coaching and mentorship can help. Like I've been a mentor, like somebody coach, because I think honestly, I'm on the verge of getting a coach myself on, on many different topics. How important a father's role in the in the family? You don't realize, you know, sometimes I think about it watching on TV, which drives me absolutely nuts. But I see a dad who's looking like he's a fumbling idiot. And dads are not like that, man. We're just as smart as the mother. And we, we're just involved as a mother. So we're not stupid. And, you know, it's kind of a stereotype, which is kind of one of my things that I really don't like, but we can get things done. Also, the other thing we're talking about divorce, a good way to get through a rut through adventure coaching, which I thought was pretty cool. He does, um, Coach Arnie mentors men and, and, and kind of gets people out of their ruts through adventure coaching, which I think is pretty cool. He shares a lot. So let's jump right into the interview. Welcome to the podcast, Coach Arnie. Hey, Joe. How you doing, buddy? Good, good, good. Not, nice. Thank you for coming on tonight. I really do appreciate it. Um, I was wondering, you know, I, I like to start off with interesting questions. What was one thing that makes Coach Arnie happy? Well, you know what makes me happy? Honestly, I've, I've been a teacher and a coach my whole life. And, um, you know, watching people grow and do the things that God intended them to do and be the person that God intended them to be, that really, uh, that really inspires inspires me that, that that drives me to get out of bed in the morning honestly along with my my family um seeing them do well uh, obviously uh as a coach i've learned the hard way that 
uh, you're not always going to be able to help your family. And that once you detach yourself from that emotional burden, uh, that makes life a little better. But being able to help people, and I've been doing it for almost 40 years now, Joe, uh, as, a, as a teacher first and a coach. When coaching was, um, you know, sports mainly. But back then, you know, with students and, and athletes, you know, being able to watch them grow and do the things that with the skills that God gave them uh, was certainly an inspiration to me and, and truly makes me happy and joyful. I notice um, all the time I follow you on Facebook and stuff like that. And I noticed you have a lot of Facebook live videos and you're talking about different topics, but I always see you running everywhere. What, what is that? I'm an, I'm an adventure coach. I'm an, I have learned and to use adventure as part of my, if you want to call it a book, but I'm an adventure coach, uh, meaning that's kind of a niche that I use, especially with men, Joe, because I know a lot of guys that probably hopefully are listening to this. Uh, they're young dads, and um, I talk with a lot of young dads, and they're, they're stuck. I look at it this way, Joe. Um, uh, I'm holding my hands up right now. One hand is on the bottom, one hand is on the top, and there's a, a gap in between. And the bottom hand is kind of where you're at today. That's your life circumstances. And my top hand is uh, where I expected to be at this time. Maybe I'm 30 or 25 or 40 or or 65 or 70. I talked with a group of seven year olds the other day. Um, and when we can't make any progress, Joe, in that and closing down that gap from where we are today to where we expected to be, we suffer. And I just got, and actually after this call, I'm going to check in with a guy in Texas who I sent a book to a young dad in his thirties, married about, uh, five years, got a couple, uh, no, he's only got two kids. Yeah. Two kids. And, um, just really going through a tough time with his with his marriage. You know, he's a retired um, Navy guy, uh, underwater specialist, and a uh, sharp guy, but he can't figure out this whole marriage dad thing. And, you know, when I talked to him the, the other day, it was last Saturday, actually, it was almost a week ago, they were going on their first date in six months, but they were taking the kids with them, so they couldn't figure out how to get all that arranged and all that good stuff, and so I sent him a book, uh, a great book for dads and for couples in general is um, The Five Love Languages. And I'll, I'll make an, an offer to uh, any of your guys that are listening. If they contact me, I'll um, send them an audio copy of that book. Author's name? Dr. Gary Chap, Five Love Languages. It is critical. It is critical as a, as a relationship specialist. That's what I do. Obviously, work with dads, but I am a relationship specialist. I work with a lot of couples, Joe. And a lot of couples are struggling, especially these young couples. They are struggling. And so it is so critical to learn how to communicate. And I know this. Like I said, I worked with a, a group of 70-year-olds the other day. And most of the questions I got were on communication and, and relationship issues with their kids, with their significant others, if they had one. Most of the group were divorced. I was shocked. Most of them were on their second marriage or divorced. And um, how sad. And, and we, we don't teach this stuff. We don't teach how to communicate. We don't teach what Dr. Chapman talks about in his book. And that's why I'm saying uh, to anybody in your audience who gets a hold of me, I will make sure I get them a copy of that. But even reading stuff, though, if you don't, if you don't put it to work, it's just more information clogging up your head. You've got to use this stuff. And, uh, and I know this too, Joe, that if we, if we learn from our relationships, good or bad, then your next relationship should be better. 
it should be better. And um, gosh, one of the things I really am a big fan of with young couples, because I know that's a lot of your audiences, is before you get married, is, is work with a coach or a mentor or something. Uh, I know my daughter and her fiance are doing that right now. They're 29 and he's 30. And because it's too emotional for me, but they found a great counselor who has been working with them now, gosh, over, oh man, since last summer. We're going on a year now, and I was so happy to hear that. And my future son-in-law has told me, he goes, I'm going to continue this after I get married, because I'm learning so much. Good God. You know, if, if, if we can get young people, and I'll just say people in general, to do stuff like this, we're going to make, one, a lot more secure marriages. Two, we're going to have better grounded people out there and especially for guys joe i mean that's that's right like i said specializes men are just screwed up we are so confused we don't know what to do um we get our knees cut out from underneath us and and, and then the next thing we're doing we're like what am i supposed to do now and all and all of it is 95 percent of it is directly related to communication it's an interesting thing that communication is such an important thing especially when it comes to marriage i mean i learned from my experience to me and um divorce divorcee myself and not communicating it's very important what is um like your experience as your marriage and um, you i know you have four kids how does that relate to your oh man i've been married 32 years ago 32 years my brother oh i have a coach myself he works with me and in, in, um i'm older than him and he goes to me all right you're the real deal. You didn't just go to a, uh, a weekend seminar and become a coach. I go, well, no, I didn't. I've been doing this stuff since I was, really, since I was coaching. And I was coaching before I actually graduated from college. And when you're a coach in high school, especially, and you're working with young men, you know, that I was just a few years older than, after I earned their trust, though, they were coming to me with real-life problems, man, whether it's girlfriend problems, whether it's issues with mom and dad. And, I, and I'll, be, I'll be honest with you. Some of these guys that I've known now going on 40 years, they are some of my best friends. They come to me today with problems in their 50s. Uh, one of mine, uh, one of the guys I'm coached is he runs a recovery center. He was an alcoholic up until just um, probably less than 10 years ago. And he runs a recovery center. And I speak there every three months. I'm going to speak there next, not this weekend, but next weekend. Uh, to a group of probably 80 to 100 guys, you know, it's a live-in facility. And, um, yeah, I mean, I've just been, you don't become a coach without some uh, experience in life. I mean, that's why Tony Robbins is so great. Tony Robbins didn't go through any training courses. I mean, he worked with Jim Rohn and a lot of other guys, but he 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 was, I mean, through his own experiences, through... Um, you know, stuff that he went through. And he, he didn't really start with that. He, he started with addiction stuff, breaking people with bad habits and stuff. You know, my, my coaching came from my experience, you know, being married 32 years. And I, I tell people this all the time, that I probably should have been divorced three times. And one of the greatest lessons I got was spending a lot of money and hiring a, a counselor who's a good friend. He ran a wonderful program that I used to listen to on the radio 20 years ago. And, um... And one day, my wife and I were going at it. I just told the story the other day. We were going at it, and I was sitting in my office where I'm sitting right now, but in different directions. And I just literally picked up the phone. I called her bluff, picked up the phone, and got him on the phone. And he was literally, he stepped in right in the middle of a 
big old battle. Okay. And I set a time to come down and talk. And we started a year long program. It was, like I said, it cost me a lot of money, but it was well worth it. It was like going to graduate school. You taught me a lot of things. I learned a lot about myself, stuff that I never knew as a man because I had a terrible relationship with my dad, terrible relationship with my dad. And, um, and I know a lot of guys that I work with too, as well. You know, that's why I'm a big fan. I was wondering about one thing about her relation with your dad and, and how important, the, you know, your dad plays in the part of your relationships. How, how did that play in your marriage and your relationship with your dad? How did that work? I was just curious. Well, terrible. I didn't, I never went to my dad for any advice on anything with girl ever, ever. Now he's, he's passed away. And when I went to my first men's class, uh, almost 10 years ago, uh, here I am sitting in class, 75 other guys. And I looked around going, man, I'm not the only screwed up guy here. Okay. Because we grew up, my generation, Joe grew up with what's called the absent father. He was there, but he wasn't there. He didn't know how to be a dad. And one of my clients, the doctor, he told me one time, I really struggled with this. He said, you know, Arne, your dad did the best he knew how. Because he was raised by a great dad, a very, everybody, the whole community loved him. He was out, salesman, great guy. He was never home. But my dad was raised by his uncles and, you know, the older sisters. He was a baby of his family. He never knew how to be a dad. He didn't know. You know? And so, um, so that's what I got. So thank God I had great coaches and teachers. You know, his generation, his generation never even said, I love you, man. You know, his parents, they never said that to him. It was interesting. I read something like a couple, of, a couple of weeks ago, I think, about how the important role of uh, fathers play in, in the kids' development of the emotional and social development. I think it's social, but I know it's emotional. And then they play, and, they, and it's so discounted when the, the, the father's not there, and the kids have to be more in trouble, do less less in school. And it's it's interesting to watch because, I like uh, you, I'm a little bit different story. My dad was absent because of divorce. So, I had, you know, I didn't have a dad. So I had my mom. And I can see the case problem, especially because I'm, like I said, I'm divorced, but I can see not knowing. So basically, like, I'm going, I'm trying to figure this out for myself. So I understand where you're coming from. Well, not only that, here's the key. This is the key. Single moms trying to be both mom and dad is, see, that's your generation. My generation didn't get divorced. You know, my, the parent, divorces didn't start until really the 70s. Now, my, I remember my dad leaving home twice and it really busted me up as a kid, man. Because I was embarrassed because nobody got divorced in the 60s and 70s, in the early 70s, dude. Nobody. And if they did, you didn't hear about it. All right? And um, so, but just I know, because of good coaches and teachers that I was surrounded with, that made the difference. You know, one of my coaches is still my coach 40, almost 45 years later, Joe. Oh, wow. I, I, see, him every, I see him two or three times a week. Now, uh... If which is why it's so important for young men today that everything's moving so fast. So I have a client who's 18 and just graduated from high school, and his mom is so thankful that I work with her son, you know, and we battle because she does everything for him. She's mom and dad, and her and I will battle sometimes when I want to touch, you know, a third rail when I get emotional because I know what I need to do to help him, okay? And so what happens with guys that you, like you, that went through a divorce, if you're not surrounded by strong, grounded men, you are on your own, bro. And it is a bitch. And then you will have to figure stuff out on your own. And you will make mistakes. And a lot of guys your age, Joe, have made a lot of mistakes. And some of them have been very costly mistakes. Some of them have, have been involved in their own relationship. Now, now it makes you a single dad. And then you're like, whoa. 
I didn't learn anything. I am repeating, I call it generational pass down. And until somebody can stop that, it's going to happen again. It's going to happen again. Um, and that's why what I tell, I just told a mom the other day, she's getting a divorce. Her kids are in, in uh, they're teenagers and it's going to be tough. Um, but I said, just remember as teenagers, three things you need to be doing. You need to be telling them, I love you. I'm proud of you. And you're good at that, whatever that is. And for a lot of dads, we struggle with that because I work with a lot of dads that they try to live their life vicariously through their kids, you know, whether it's sports or whatever else, instead of encouraging them and complimenting them on things that they do well, not what you wanted to do. Heck, you might have been a, wanted to be a football player, but you might have been crummy, terrible athlete, and maybe your son wants to be a musician or, or a singer or an artist. You need to encourage that and quit living your life through them. Go live your own life. Go figure your own things out. Go get your own coach. And but I've seen so many parents make that critical mistake, and they and they just they just destroy their kids mentally and emotionally. It's just, it's, it's a train wreck. But that's happening everywhere. It's just mess well it seems like a lot of like you hear the stories about kids going to college the first week in college the parents are calling every five seconds or you hear about the hell mm-hmm. oh i mean I, my son's four gonna turn five and when he's on the playground i gotta make sure hey he's up really high he's like dad don't worry i got it i'm like no no i'm gonna stay in case you fall but really he does he does have it i'm just i'm nervous you know as a dad i'm like i don't want my- hey joe i mean um i'm a, uh, you need to read wild at heart have you ever read it no i have not actually you need to read that book let me tell you why because first of all, we need to let especially young guys be courageous, be risk takers. And I don't mean be stupid, but you know what? We need to be a little dangerous. You know, we need your son needs to come home and say, "Hey, Dad, check this out, man. Check this out. Look at my knee, man. I cut it today. Wow, how'd you do that, son? Man, I fell off the bars, dude. You know, one of the things that they're and one of the things that they're trying to do, I think, is in, in Europe somewhere. They're trying to bring back these playgrounds that I grew up on, man. But we used to swing on the swing and fly off that sucker or see if we could flip it around or, you know, just do crazy stuff. They don't let you do that stuff anymore, man. No, They don't let kids be kids. No, and, and I'm telling you right now, it is creating a mess. We need to let kids, I'm going to be honest with you, Joe, you know how many kids got hurt when I was a kid? What's that? Very few. More kids get hurt today than ever when I was a kid. And when we did, sure, we broke arms and every once in a while or a collarbone or, you know, you're whatever. But we were out there playing, man. We, we weren't inside. We were climbing trees. We can't do that stuff anymore, man, because you're afraid someone's going to abduct your kid. I remember playing, I remember at night, uh, in the summer especially, we'd be playing ditch em with a group of guys and we'd be hiding in trees and, and things all over the neighborhood. And finally, I, I wouldn't come home to my, I could hear my mom yelling or somebody would say, hey, Arnie, your mom's yelling, time to go. Or the streetlights would come on. I mean, that was in the 60s and se- early 70s. So what I'm trying to say here is we need to let our kids be kids, especially our boys. We need to encourage them to take risks, to, to, to live life, man. Because if they don't learn it now, then they're going to grow up. And as all of a sudden, as an 18, 19, 20-year-old kid that goes away to school, they're going to go, uh, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And, and it is really critical. And, and, and it's, you're in a tough spot because you're trying to be mom and dad, you know? And, and, and so 
you know, like I said, um, I love you. You're good at that. And, 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 and then encourage them to, you know, tell them that you're proud of them, whatever they're doing, whatever it is. Because here's what happens, Joe. Here's what happens. I've got three, I've got three daughters. They're all grown. One, the last one's going to get married here in, in September. I have a son who's 37 who is, has a traumatic brain injury because he did some dumb things with, even though he was, uh, he was, he was an adult. He was 21. He was working for him and making good money. But this I know. If, if you do the right thing with that four year old, five year old son of yours, if you do the right thing, Joe, mm-hmm. and, and when he, by the time he's 20 years old or 21 or going away to college, you would be his friend. You won't be his parent. But if you screwed up, like a lot of parents do, God bless them, you will be parenting your child when they're 20, 25, 30, 35. And there is no worse thing that I see in my life than watching a 50 or 60-year-old man or woman telling their 35-year-old son or daughter what to do. It is embarrassing. It is a mess. And the reason is because they did not, they were their friends when they were teenagers. And I've seen it. I've seen it. And when you are your kid's friend, you are, you are causing them harm. You are hurting them. You are crippling them. So basically, it's start a good foundation now at the younger to get them to that position. You better believe it. They can do things in their own. That's right. You don't need the parents' guidance when, when they're 30. No. If you do the right thing, because right now you got about to, their, to that young fellow is about 14 or 15 years old. And then you better have him surrounded by good coaches, teachers, and mentors. Because you're done. I'm not going to listen to you. And it's going to hurt you if you're not, if you haven't done this right. It's going to hurt you. And that's when you're going to, it's going to, it's going to bait you into becoming his friend. It will bait you into that. In my spiritual world, that's, that's Satan. Satan is going to bait Joe into being his buddy. And he does not need a buddy from you. He needs a, a dad who's going to be strong and grounded, meaning that. If you've done the work, it means you're going to say, I love you, proud of you, and you're good at that. You're going to encourage them, but you're also going to follow through with the rule. You're going to have some well-structured rules around you, you know? Yeah, exactly. But you're, you're teaching all the other stuff that you want to do for your fellow there, teaching and all the things. No, no, no. That's up to other men around him, okay? And um, if you're doing all that, he's not going to listen to you, and he's going to He's going to push it away. It's going to make you feel. It's going to make you feel even worse. It's going to push you into being more of his buddy, and that's just dangerous. I see it all the time because kids don't want to listen to him anymore. So they, I've seen parents take them out on even going drinking. It's just, a, it's just a mess. It's just so horrible, and it's because they didn't do the job they needed to do when they were younger as parents. They don't need a friend. You always see that. I always see the yeah. the parent who thinks oh, the kid's not doing anything wrong, and then. And the kids playing the parent, and the kids always doing doing something wrong. I wouldn't say kid; they're adults at the time. And the parents just like in total denial of it because you know the, what they did in the there. Yeah, they enabled the kids. Kids aren't stupid. No, when they once they know they once they know they got you, they got you. So you, you better either reverse course really quick and uh, take the hit, and then uh, you know kind of you know reload. Because here's something for your audience, Joe. Mm-hmm. I say this all the time. Hard choices, easy life. So if your parents, those young people out there that are listening to this right now, take my word. If you're willing to make some hard choices with your kids right now, hard choices. I don't care how old they are, as long as they're not. I mean, if they're in their 20s and 30s, but even then, if you're having to be their parent, time to stop. 
with a hard choice to stop it now. But if they're young, if they're teenagers or they're young, start making some hard choices now. Hard choices, easy life. Your life will get easier with them. If you're if you're having a hard time saying no to, to eating terrible food or hanging out with the wrong people and that hurts you, it, it's going to help your child later on. But, it, it, but if it's easy to give in because they're whining and so you go buy them a box of Twinkies or you let them hang out with the wrong people or you let them get away with saying the wrong things to you, hard life. You're in for a hard life with that young fellow or, or your child, whoever, you, whoever is listening right now. And if you're already experiencing all this, you know what I'm talking about. The time to uh, take a stand and start making some hard choices. And we've all done it. I've been there. I know. But I know this. It was tough. I, I always tell my kids this. I wasn't a great dad because I was kind of absent. You know, I was working all the time, man. I was gone. And I felt bad about it. You know, I really do. But I know this because I just didn't give in. I just didn't give in. I have wonderful relationships relationship with my adult daughters right now. Wonderful. I can call them right now and just talk like friends because I'm, I, I never tell them what to do. And you know, my, my middle daughter, she's always telling me, you know, dad, thanks for picking up. I go, what do you mean? She goes, you're the only one that answers your phone all the time. <laughs> and, and, she, and she's 30, you know, 38 years old. <laughs> That's an awesome relationship to have with your daughter because not everybody picks up their phone nowadays. I don't want to talk to that person. I know that. <laughs> but you know what? Why won't I? You know, here's why I pick up the phone with her. Because I know it, 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 it makes me smile. If I, if I knew picking up the phone with her was going to be having to, you know, put out fires and, and do all kinds of crazy things that a lot of parents want to do because they want to keep being their parent, I probably wouldn't pick it up either. No, but I know it's different. I know it's other stuff. I know we're going to talk like friends. We're just going to talk. It could be things she's doing. She might ask for advice. Maybe not. Um, she might be telling me something with, what the kids are doing. I don't know. I don't know. But I want to find out. I take the phone up. <laughs> well, it's a good transition. I wanted to talk about more. I know you have a book. Well, you did with Nick Britton called your. Um, I, I did. It's right here. Yeah. Your MBA. What is that about? You know, honestly, it is Nick. Nick wanted me to collaborate with him and we just had to, we, we put it up as Nick, you know, Nick, he's a, he's a pistol and he, uh, he moves really quick. So what he did, he put it up because he wanted to get the book out by Christmas. So he put it up Christmas time. And, um, and then when I got my copy, we, he had done the, he'd done everything himself. And so I said, Nick, we got to, we, we need to do some final edits on that. So we kind of pulled it. It's, it's still on there and we're actually putting together a marketing plan now, but, um, my part of the book uh, was about communication mm-hmm. and about how businesses need to, you know, use effective communication and working with customers and all the things that have to do with people. That 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 was my kind of contribution to this book and um, all about uh, dealing with people, dealing with customers, and all that stuff. Whereas Nick brought in a lot of the uh, business uh, stuff and uh, nuts and bolts. But honestly, guys. It's a good book. It's a good book for people that want to understand business um, from a people standpoint. You know, um, good stuff, good information, and um, yeah. So, so Nick, because of because I, I am a coach, and I've helped Nick with some stuff uh, in his business. He asked me if I would collaborate with him, and so yeah, we did. And we just, you know, we just start talking, and he he's a great writer, and you know. If you look through the book, you stuff about, you know, strategic planning, growth, 
magic strategy, which we talked about how to lift up your business core, you know, vision, core business stuff, uh, how to get there with just different things, different tactics. And, you know, talked about marketing, advertising. So it's a good book. We're going to do some other projects. We're doing some stuff right now uh, as well. But I, I like to call myself uh, Nick's break. A lot of times I, I try to slow him down a little bit. Because I've had to have that in my own life. Uh, I've, I've learned that the hard way by doing things too fast. I, I have this one guy used to tell me, Arnie, you like to, it, your, your uh, philosophy is ready, fire, aim. <laughs> and that can get you in trouble. It, it could get you in trouble, yes. And also, um, your podcast, um, Answers for Real Men. Um, I know I've, I've, I've actually been a guest on that. And I was wondering, uh, say a little about that. Let me, let me tell you where I'm at with that right now. I've taken a break. Um, I have been doing some other things with a coach. We're, we're putting together some a, a little different platform um, based on adventure. And uh, so I've kind of put up that on hold for just, and I got, gosh, I don't know how many episodes, quite a few episodes out there. And that I'm really proud of because I've got to meet some really neat people like you, Joe. Uh, so if you go to iTunes and check me out, Answers for Real Men, you, you're going to get a lot of great episodes. I have one guy who's a marketing guy who's a client of mine. He's always sending out his episode to uh, customers and people who want to get to know him. He goes, check it out. He goes, this guy has a great podcast. And I was his guest. And, <laughs> and it was a good show. And so it is great for, for people like you because it allowed you to tell your story. And I got, like I said, I got to meet a lot of really good people. So we're trying to revamp it just a little bit and tweak it with some stuff that I'm doing now with adventure with my, with uh, like we, you and I talked about earlier in, the, in, in this show about, you know, you see me all the time on mountains and stuff. And because I, I am an ultra athlete uh, and I've done a lot of things, competition where I've done powerlifting and uh, triathlons, Ironman type stuff. And I've fallen into this ultra uh, adventure running stuff now, adventure fast packing, you might want to call it. And I love it. And you know what? Because what I'm trying to teach the men, Joe, is to get the best way to cure boredom is with adventure. Mm -hmm. And a lot of young guys, and kind of brings us full circle to where we started, a lot of young guys and, and even older guys, their life is, is boring. There's no, there's no pizzazz to it. There's no zest for living. And, you know, they're, they're, it's, they're in the grind, man. They're raising kids. They, you know, they don't have time to spend or they think they don't have time to spend, you know, loving on their wife or their girlfriend. And, um, you know, they're going to work all day long and then they're coming home and trying to spend time with their kids. And, you know, they're trying to take care of themselves physically and it just doesn't, there's not enough time, man. And so, but I try to tell them, hey, hey, look, you know, get some adventure in your life. You've got to have something to look forward to, whether it's, you know, uh, going fishing, climbing a mountain or doing something crazy, you know, doing something crazy, taking a risk, you know, one, your wife will appreciate it. You know, because it'll bring some life back to you, man. And and that's where I'm going with what I'm doing now. You know, you got we got to bring life back to men uh, because our society is just turning men into mush. You know, it really is. It's, yeah, I'm going to be on a podcast next week with a guy down in Australia. He works with a lot of depression and, and anxiety and, and stuff. And, and um, tell you what, uh, you know, he wanted me, he wanted to ask what I want to talk about. I said, well, let's talk about the demasculization of men. I mean, our society is, is, is demasculizing men because, you know, you know, we're all men are supposed to be bad. We're, you know, we're mean and blah, 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 blah. 
And I tell you what, I talk to a lot of women, Joe, mm-hmm. a lot of moms, a lot of, and they think it's cute for a while to be around a guy that's um, more uh, soft and cuddly. But after a while, they want a man. They want a man. So if you think, for you guys, to you guys out there, if you think the fastest way to a woman's heart is to be soft and cuddly and, and agreeable and all that good stuff, um, you're wrong because we have two polarities, polarities out there, guys, a masculine and a feminine polarity problem that we run into in our society is men are confused. They don't know whether to spend time most of the time on the masculine side or the feminine side, So they're choosing one or the other. And the key is being well grounded so that, you know, there's times to be feminine and there's times to be masculine. But with confusion, we don't know what to do. It's an interesting topic about that. And also, too, you can see in the, in the news, especially on TV and stuff, how dad's the goofy, aloof um, person. And yeah. it's making it yep. look like, like the dad doesn't have no clue what he's doing. And mom's always right. And I, I mean, that's, I don't know how you feel yep. about that. But that, that, that kind of gets under my skin a little bit. Bingo. You just nailed a big one. I, uh, I did a radio show here last summer. Um, and we talked about that. And we talked about how a friend of theirs, he's working on a project in Hollywood. And they found that uh, with their research, that from the, from the 60s, there was, it was like 50-some examples of TV shows and movies where men were shown as real men, strong, grounded, courageous, risk-takers. Today, they showed three. That's crazy. Three. And most of the time, you're exactly right. They're either a, uh, a goofy dude like Raymond or they're um, a, a mean, you know, violent guy who's got a lot of mental issues, or maybe it's a divorced guy that's struggling with his relationship and can't get things figured out, or, you know, gee, can we just have a guy that's a real man that's that got, you know, that maybe has things figured out? It's TV, man. You can do whatever you want, right? <laughs> but I mean, I mean, it's funny when you watch TV, especially on social media and TV and stuff, it makes an impression on people. And sometimes it gives them the wrong impression. That's my, my side of it. It does. If you're a young man right now and every guy you see on TV or the movies is, is either violent or goofy, what are you thinking? You're one or the other. You're not, you're not a normal person. You're going to be goofy or violent. <laughs> there's not a normal masculine guy like, hey, I. There's no, no, there's not a balance there. There's not a guy that can say, hey, look, look at that, man. You know, look, look at Rocky, man. I always tell people, I always tell people, the greatest love story, love story movie of all time is Rocky Two, and the reason for that is one great scene. That anybody that's listening to this, go out and Google the word "win," because in Rocky Two, when his wife is in the hospital because she had a miscarriage, or she had um, she was pregnant, and uh, she was working in the pet food store because Rocky wanted to fight and blah blah blah. She didn't want him to, but you know that's what he did. And, and so um, she goes into a coma, and he stops his train. He's sitting in there with Nick, the trainer, and, and then she has the baby. It's healthy. And then a few days later, she comes out of the coma. And he's apologizing like crazy. I'm not going to fight. I'm, you know, I know you didn't want me to. And she doesn't say a word. She just looks at him. And then with one word, she says, win. And then Nikki sitting over there goes, what are we waiting for? <laughs> I love that. And the next scene that he's out there training and doing all the crazy stuff that he does. Because in history, Joe, in history, when the men, when men know that their significant other supports them 100%, has their back, 
whether it's on a business deal or a new job or just something crazy that we guys do. We come up with goofy things. And when we know that our wives have our back, we will slay dragons for them. You know, and, and I'll be honest with you. I was struggling with my wife back then. I had four kids when I made my big jump. And when I quit teaching, I didn't tell my wife. This has been part of my story. Uh, I didn't tell my wife because I didn't trust what I was going to hear. And I don't know if I would have been able to make the changes that I made in my life back then. But I, everything in my life changed because I made that decision. I took a scary jump without a net. And I had one of the scariest summers of my life, man. I ended up tripling my income because I took a, I took a chance. I didn't play it safe, man. And, um, and guess what? Yeah, I could have fallen on my face. But I could have always gone back to teaching. Could have got a job somewhere. I didn't know, but I, I would have. But um, but now I get to tell all kind of crazy stories about my life to people like you and I right now. I'm telling a crazy story and you're going, crap, I don't know. Joe, do you think you could have done that? If you had three kids and one in diapers or four kids and one in diapers, you, you think you could have bailed out and just gone and done something just off the cuff, man? Nah, that I nah, I don't think I could be honest. I mean, I won't lie to you. I'd have that some serious thinking right now. I'd say no. I'd be honest with you. Yeah, I've told that story a hundred times, and I'll bet you ninety nine out of a hundred have said no. They go, they'll look at me like, really? You did that? <laughs> I wasn't a I wasn't a risk taker, man. I'm telling you. Uh, I think deep down my dad was, but my mom emasculated my dad and took and beat. I've learned a lot and beat a lot of that out of him because women marry. Women marry for safety and security first. And that's why I'm a big fan of premarital counseling. Because you can learn a lot of these things early on in before you get married. And if you're marrying somebody that doesn't support your dream and your vision for your life, uh, I got news for you. You better find another mate. It's not going to work. My brother did this he, almost 30 years ago. I forget how many years. I'd say 25 years ago, maybe. He got married. and. Um, Oh, maybe longer. And um, with within six months, within six months, he had his marriage annulled. My brother is pretty slick dude. And um, and the reason was because his wife, actually, we just saw some old videos, DVDs we had him made into a DVD of uh, a Christmas 27 years ago. And he was in it with his wife. So it's 27 years. So he got, um, he had it annulled because he was told that they were going to do a lot of traveling because of his job. Because he worked for the DEA. And, um, they were going to have to move to uh, Fort Bliss in Texas. And she she didn't want to. She wanted to stay close to her parents. And he goes, no, you don't understand. I I told you that we were going to be doing traveling. So he thought he had an agreement with her. That it was okay to travel. Remember when? When? Right? And she didn't say when. She didn't say when. So you know what he did? He just had it annulled. Gave her everything. Here. Here's the house. Here's everything. I don't care. I'm moving on with my life. And... Within a couple of years, you found a neat lady who is a, is a godsend. They, they've had three amazing kids, amazing kids. And the last one just graduated from, from high school. He should have won the state championship in the hurdles. It's just an amazing young man who's going to get a full-ride scholarship to college for running track. And just, you know, all because he took a stand. He made a hard choice and said, no, you broke the agreement. Mm-hmm. And he, but how many guys could do that, Joe? Not a lot. Not a lot of men could do that. No. He meant, but because it's hard choices, brother. We all make, we got to make the choices and they're not always easy. Um, I guess. Wrap- no, it's tough. Tough. I guess wrapping up. I was wondering final thoughts, where they can connect with you. And um, remember you mentioned that offer about that book. 
Yep. Best way, best way to get a hold of me is, is uh, go to Facebook and look, just look up Arnie Fonseca Jr. Arnie Fonseca Jr. And I, there's two profiles because I was working on some other things, but, but either way, I'll, I'll, uh, usually the one with the, with the most friends on it. And, uh, with a, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm in a coaching, I'm in a coaching, um, situation there. I'm, I'm, uh, my profile picture is me coaching a bunch of guys. So look for a guy coaching a bunch of guys, the black and white photo of me coaching over 30 years ago. And that kind of fun little picture, but, uh, that's the best way. You can also go to my website, uh, total recovery, Arizona, all spelled out.com. Okay. Or, uh, I'll, I, and I'll, I'll, here we go. I'm going to be bold. Here's my phone number, 602-390-9144, because I want to help you guys. 602-390-9144. And you get a hold of me those ways and connect with me, and I will make sure to get you a copy of that book, uh, The Five Love Languages by Dr. Gary Chapman. I'll get you an audio copy of that book. And uh, Joe, uh, uh, remind me, I'll send that to you as well, Joe. Okay. And... Um, I'm also going to get you uh, Wild at Heart. You need to read. You need to listen to Wild at Heart, man. <laughs> okay. Okay. As a young dad, you, you need to hear that stuff, man. You need to hear it. And because I want to help you guys. I mean, I, I coach a lot of men, and um, I need to do my part in the community, and that's helping you guys out. So um, you let me know, Joe, how I can help your audience. And uh, uh, I think you're doing a great job uh, reaching out and giving a platform for young parents to. To, to solve things, man. That's how. That's the only way it's going to work. One parent at a time. I know. I know. We've all heard about it. Takes a community or a village and all that stuff. That's fine, but it takes some strong, grounded men and women to make this thing work. And it takes good communication. And that's what I'm about as a coach. You know, it's about creating good communication and and teaching young people to communicate and talk things out and work things out and quit, get, quit getting all crazy about stuff. All the links that we talked about today will be in the show notes and uh, make sure I'll leave, I'll even have your phone number in the, in the show notes also for the people who want to get in touch with you. Beautiful. Yeah. All right, Arnie, thank you very much for being on the podcast tonight. I really do appreciate it and, um, I, and I really enjoyed you as a guest tonight. Thank you. Well, that's all I have for this episode. I really want to thank you for listening. And I also want to thank Coach Arnie for being a guest in the podcast. You can find more about him over at the total recovery, Arizona.com. Or you can find him on Facebook. He always is really cool. If you check out his Facebook page, he does all these really cool um, Facebook videos and talks about different topics like expectations and different things that motivate people. You can find links in the show notes over at no sitting on the sideline.com slash six zero. Please comment on the podcast. You know what? I have an idea. I have an idea. So maybe we'll just kind of generate a little bit of calm conversation, especially during the holiday season. What is one family tradition that you do during the holiday? Leave it in the show notes. Let's have a conversation about it. I'd be interested to hear. We have family traditions. I want to hear yours. Please reach out and leave a comment in the show notes. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me, Joe at NoteCityOnTheSideline.com or or no sitting on the sideline.com slash contact. You can find all my information over there too. Have a second, please sign up for the email newsletter. Keep in touch with what's going on. Well, this has been a long episode, true. I really want to wrap it up. I really, again, I really want to say thank you for listening and have a great and safe, happy holidays. Till next time, take care. God bless. See ya.
Thank you for listening to the podcast. Please subscribe to the newsletter to receive updates of the show and helpful and useful tips. This has been a production of Foley 42 Media. Thank you.